0: Longhorn Confidential Podcast is brought to you by Zaxby's, taking chicken to a whole new level of flavor. Stop by your name at Zaxby's today. Order online at Zaxby.com forward slash podcast. Hello, Texas fans. Longhorn Confidential for Tuesday, July 28th. I'm Danny Davis, Austin-American statesman. Mike Cravens on the other line. Mike, say hello. How's it going, everybody? All right, Mike, let's talk uh, recruiting. Let's talk uh, high school football. Those are the two topics we want to tackle today, but... Uh, yesterday on July 27th, the Longhorns got uh, another commitment. Gunner Helm tied in the Cherry Creek High School in Colorado. Three-star kid, 6'5", 225. Uh, what do we need to know about Mr. Helm?
1: Yeah, he's a guy that I, I think a lot of us here don't know too much about. All we can do is really look at at his highlights and talk to, to his head coach there at Cherry Creek. Uh, big guy, you know, has the requisite a uh, frame that you want out of tight end, 6'5", 225, athletic, has played basketball in his life, uh, also does some track. So a guy who can move around, who can, who can catch the ball. And I think more importantly for Texas with this fit, a, a guy who can grow into be an inline blocker with his hand on the ground and you can use, you know, and run plays and pass plays and not have to really uh, change those out. As, as we've seen with Texas some in the past, they've kind of recruited, you know, like the Malcolm Epps types as more of a wide receiver than a tight end. Uh, I think Gunnar Helms the type of guy who is a true tight end. Iowa had offered him. Iowa's really good at kind of you know getting tight end prospects. Uh, so I, I think Texas found somebody here that they like, and I think uh, in a year or two uh, can really be a force as a tight end and, and keep their offense multiple.
0: I think what you just said is actually the true indication of a tight end. Forget the two four seven rankings. Those guys do a great job. But if I was recruiting a tight end, that's kind of who I want to be in on. That's kind of the, the bar that I set when it comes to tight ends. But uh, he jo- he joins Juan Davison's class as far as tight ends in the Texas 2021 recruiting class. Texas had um, a, re- uh, a commitment from Lake McCree, from Lake Travis, but he decommitted going elsewhere. Landon King was also someone who was in the fold but is no longer – um, coming to Texas. Why did Texas want two tight ends in this 2021 class?
1: Well, I, I think some of it's proof of, of where Texas wants to go with this offense. You know, they don't want to be a, a complete spread offense. They want to use the tight end some, um, be able to, to run the football, keep a tight end on the field, and, and kind of bang up there with some smaller teams. Uh, and also, you know, they didn't really sign a true tight end last year. You know, Landon Hollaby is going to be – or J- Jalen Hollaby is going to be a really good player uh, kind of a Swiss Army knife type, type prospect out of Mansfield, uh, but not a true tight end. He played quarterback. He played running back in high school, so he's going to take a little bit of time, maybe be an H-back in school. So, you know, I think after Braden Jaden, Jared Wiley, uh, there just has not been a tight end uh, to sign with Texas since that 2019 class, and so it's important to get to uh, in this group and, and kind of keep those uh, numbers up inside the tight end room.
0: Um. Do you compare and contrast uh, Juan Davis and Gunnar Helm? Are they the same player? Are they two completely different players? Are they going to be competing for playing time, or could Texas use them both at the same time in in, in a couple years?
1: Yeah, I I think uh, Texas is doing an interesting thing here at tight end. It seems like they're doing half kind of true traditional tight end uh, uh, recruits, and that's where I would put Gunnar Helm. And then they're doing kind of half as that wide receiver, tight end, flex option like a Malcolm Epps. And that's where I'd put Juan Davis. You know, Juan Davis has played uh, more wide receiver than he has tight end in high school. He's actually played more quarterback than he has tight end in high school. Uh, so he's kind of a, a guy who we know can catch the football. Will he be able to develop into a blocker? I feel like Gunnar Helms more of the Braden Librock type where – sorry, a Jared Wiley type. Uh, where you know he's going to come in and be strong enough to block on the edge, and then it's about develop developing his pass catching on top of that. So I do think they fit with each other really well. I see what Texas is trying to do, uh, but I do not think they're, they're similar prospects in that way.
0: When it comes to recruiting the tight end position, is there such thing as, you know, a blue-chip tight end? You know, I was looking at the two four seven composite rankings, and it seems like there's about a dozen four-star kids. There are five star though there were – some in the 2020 recruiting cycle. But is there such thing as a blue chip tight end or coaches kind of finding these athletes who they can maybe mold, you know, as Cade Drew a couple years ago was a great receiver, he you know, transitioned tight end. We mentioned Jared Wiley who was a quarterback at Temple and he's you know going to get reps at you know, the tight end position obviously now that he's grown into that frame. Is there such thing as a tight end recruit or are coaches picking and kind of plugging?
1: Yeah, I think it's a really hard position to recruit. I think like fullback, like middle linebacker, it's just a position where kids don't play as much anymore. If you're a 6'5", 230-pound, 240-pound athletic kid, you're probably going to play defensive end. You're probably going to play outside linebacker. You know, You may grow into a defensive tackle. That's kind of just – know where the money is and where the impact is right a lot of high schools don't even use a tight end anymore so if you're of that body frame you're going to be an oversized wide receiver or you know you may be an undersized left tackle uh, it's just not not a position that's emphasized at the high school and even the college and you know less and less at the pro level for a lot of teams so I think it just becomes harder and harder to find guys with the experience at tight end to name them a five-star there's plenty of guys like Juan Davis and Gunnar Helm who you can see and be like, okay, the potential's there to become a tight end. But not a ton of them play that in high school. Like you just mentioned, Jared Wiley was a a quarterback in uh, high school. Malcolm Epps plays wide receiver in high school. Cade Brewer, mostly wide receiver um, in high school. Um, And so it's just harder and harder, I think, at the high school level to go and look at a guy play tight end and go, okay, we can project him to be a tight end in college because we've seen him do it in high school. So many times, due to the the emphasis of what the high school offense wants to do, they're at a completely different position. So it's hard to label them as a five star player when you've never seen them play uh, that position before.
0: As I mentioned, uh, you know, Gunner is playing high school football in Colorado. Let's uh, come on home and talk a little bit about what's going on in the states. Um, I believe it was last week. UIL kind of laid out its map and its plans for sports during the fall as we kind of all try to figure out what's going on you know in the wake mean, it's not the wake because it's still going on but kind of going on with this coronavirus and if sports can happen and so I'm going to preface this conversation by saying what we're talking about today is as of 11 o'clock on July 27th things can change this afternoon this week next week but we're this is how we're doing the conversation as of this moment but the uh, UIL kind of laid out its map for high school football. The smaller conference, 1A, 2A, 3A, 4A, they're going to get started on time. Although some county restrictions could, um, you know, restrict what you know, some schools are able to do. But the four and the five and the six, they were most of Texas's recruits from the state play. Uh, they're not going to get started practice wise until September. Their first games aren't going to be until uh, September 24th that weekend. So. Their season kind of bleed into um, early January, mid-January if they're able to make it to a state championship run. Um, first question, you know, what are your thoughts on this? Um, I think both you and me are kind of on the train that I don't know if this even happens as the UIL laid it out. Um, but if this is what goes down, what are your thoughts on the UIL's plan and does this impact recruiting at all?
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess I got to qualify this by saying I'm, I'm in the camp of, you know, football is kind of secondary to getting in-person school back. And until we can kind of guarantee in-school, uh, in-person school happening, it's kind of hard to really focus on, on a high school football season. Uh, I don't know if it impacts recruiting as much from a player side, right? These kids, by the time they're seniors in high school, you know, I think most colleges kind of know who they want. Most kids kind of know three or four schools that they want. I think the biggest impact, of course – is not being able to get on campuses and, and see the schools and do official visits and real visits the way you know you would normally do in the spring and summers uh, moving up to your senior year. So maybe we see a lot of decommitments, a lot of flipping of schools this fall if visits are allowed back. You know, maybe we see a lot of kids not sign early um, and wait till the National Signing Day in February, and that would buck a trend for recent years. So maybe there's some changes in that way, but You know, schools still need players. Players still need a place to go play college football. So I don't know how much um, it changes on on the recruiting side in that way. I think it's the 2022 class, the 2023 class. You know, that's where it really becomes an impact, right? Your sophomore and junior year are so important for schools to watch you play and kind of build buzz. How do some of those players who don't already have the high profiles build that buzz? And how do schools, frankly – go fill and find those prospects without having uh, a requisite film. So that's going to be the challenging part is what happens in the ripple effect to the classes below. I think more so than it does with this current class He's already kind of figured out where they're, they're trying to head, right? We have more fab 55 members committed right now than we did at this time last year. So it seems like kids are going about their business in a certain way. I think it's those classes following them where it's going to get a little little interesting if, if colleges don't have film uh, to really look at going into next spring when they start giving out more offers.
0: Now, a lot of these 2021 recruits may have some interesting decisions to make as it comes to if they decide to enroll early. Right now, like we said, as 11 o'clock on July 27th, there probably won't be an overlap in the state. Um, the UIL State Championship Games, if you do the math, they haven't announced the exact dates, but if you do the math, the state title games for those 6A, 5A classes should be about in mid-January. And Texas doesn't start classes second semester, at least doesn't plan to until the 19th. So there probably won't be an overlap. But let's say, theoretically, things get pushed back a couple more weeks. There could be a possible overlap between state title games and the start of the second semester for some of these early enrollees, and this is a very small sample size. There's only a couple of kids who may have to deal with this decision. But I wonder if you know a kid who wants to enroll early has to decide between: Do I play with my team? Uh, do I stay in the state title game, or do I ro- enroll early? And decides to you know I want to get started on my college career, I, you know this is my future, and kind of has to leave his state you know semifinalist state championship contending high school team. Do you think that may cause a rift between, you know, Tom Herman and um, Jimbo, you know, Jimbo down in college station. Some of these college coaches who always pray the, praise the high school football coaches always try to build those relationships. Do you think that will cause a rift between some of these, you know, coaches or do you think everyone is going to go into this year and just kind of shrug their shoulders and say, this is crazy. You know, we got to do what's best for the kids and, you know, we, we got to put our egos aside for a few minutes.
1: Yeah, I mean, I would hope that the coaches put their egos aside and kind of know that this is an interesting year and, you know, hopefully this is the only year we have to deal with these kind of scheduling problems. Um, it doesn't always go that way. You know, I think there will be some situations where you have, you know, some big power schools that are, you know, used to be in the quarter final, final, semifinal state championships that, you know, may be without some of their star players. You know, you can pretty much put, you know, Galena Park North Shore, Duncanville, Denton Ryan, those kind of schools kind at least in the semifinals. So it is going to get interesting for some of those players. Now, the ones I've talked to have all said that they'd rather, you know, start their college career. And uh, it, you understand why, right? Like, you know, not only do you get a head start on your peers to, to play and, and to get on the field by getting into the weight room and doing spring practice, but you, already, you also get college going. You know, you get some hours in your belt. You get to see what campus life is like. Um, and that allows you to kind of get an extra semester of free college, get into a master's program down the road, and stuff like that. So, I don't think there will be many kids who go, "Hey, I'm going to play in a state championship game," you know, and then have nothing to do um, for the next three or four months because these just these decisions need to be made, you know, at least a month or two before. Um, you move, right? You need to know that you're moving to a dorm. You know, Families need to know if their kid's going to be in a house or if they're going to be in a dorm. So it's hard to imagine kids kind of like, you know, waiting to see if their team wins on a Friday and then like not enrolling or enrolling based on that. I think you'd see most kids just go, look, this is an unfortunate situation. You know, I've done all of this to enroll early and begin my college career. That's where I'm going to go, you know, go, you know, further my, Education, and it just, you know, it's unfortunate that they're going to have to miss a state championship game. But I, I don't think you see a lot of kids choosing the, the high school team over the college.
0: Yeah, out in California, they've already decided, and a couple other states too, that, you know, they're, they're going to play football in the spring, theoretically. And so some of those recruits um, have already said, you know, it's been fun, but uh, I'm, I'm out. You know, I'm going to enroll early and um, you know, I guess we're leaving high school high school behind. And I was wondering, you know, if a kid is skipping his senior year, of high, senior season of high school and enrolling early, he may not play as a freshman. He may, you know, redshirt or play sparingly. So, I mean, that's theoretically two seasons that he's missing a football, although, you know, he's in the strength and conditioning program in college. He's getting to know the college program. All that stuff's important. But, you know, not playing in a meaningful game for two years, do you think that could possibly um, – you know, hinder a kid's development or am I making too much out of that?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, it can't help, right? I mean, like uh, when you're a young player like that, you know, unless you're just one of those can't miss five-star guys, I mean, you, you need to play. You know, you're, you're not a, you know, a finished product yet by any means. You know, you could – just like getting drafted in the NFL, you're starting over all over again. So, you know, you need to play. You need more experience. Uh, you need as much time on the field as possible I think one of the things that's going to be interesting is, you know, do you play your spring semester knowing that you're enrolling in the fall and going to have to go through a football season again? That's going to be a lot on your body uh, to play two football seasons in the span of one calendar year, specifically if one of those is in high school where you're starting every day and then one of those is in college where you're trying to adjust to, you know, a bigger and faster player and competition level at the college level. So I talked to Bryce Foster, for example, um, five or four-star guard from Katie Taylor, you know, big, big offensive guard uh, prospect for, you know, every college in this nation. And he said, he's probably just going to do track. If it, if it bleeds into the spring uh, semester and it's like, okay, we're playing football in spring, he's just going to do track. And then, you know, enroll over the summer and play football in the fall because he doesn't want to do, you know, back-to-back football season. So I think that's another thing uh, that we have to look for too, is not only, well, some of these kids have to make a decision between High school and college, some of them will make a decision between football and their secondary sport because they don't want to get hurt or they don't want to handle the load of playing two football seasons back to back, back close to each other.
0: Yeah, that was that was going to be you know something something else I wanted to touch on was like yeah, not all these athletes are early enrollees. I mean, they for you know various reasons you know may be sticking around for their final semester of high school, and if there is a spring season, they're going to have a decision to make because that is a lot because Not only is it fall, but, you know, most of them are expected to be on campus in June, July for summer conditioning. And, you know, spring season theoretically could, you know, bleed into May, June. And so, I mean, that's just pretty much, you know, nine straight months of very physical and laborious uh, activities on on these bodies. And do you think that these, uh, you know, players would be pressured to play in the spring? Or once again, would it be one of those cases where, every woman just kind of the high school coaches the college coaches the parents the players would all kind of get get together and be like, like you got to do this for the best for the kids because high school football would look very different if all these athletes not just the texas commits but all these athletes who are planning to go play college ball would just say you know this is too much for us we've got we've got to sit this out it'd be a very different product
1: Yeah, and I I think a lot of these kids have that, you know, to worry about, right? Like for for most of us, when we were playing high school football, you know, 99% of us, that was as big as it was going to get. You know, that was as important and as big as football was going to get for us. We knew it was ending and we were going to go to school just to go to school or start our lives in the workforce or whatever. But for that 1% that we're talking about, we have to remember that college football and and then, you know, by product, the NFL are are the dream, right? Like winning a high school state championship is nice. Being an all district player, fantastic. Playing with your friends, great memories. But the goal and and the job and, you know, all of this that they've been doing and sacrificing their whole lives in theory, right, is to go be a star at the college level and then to go extend their career into the NFL. And so if given the choice between making your high school coach happy or making your college coach happy, you're going to choose the one you're going to see for the next four or five years, and that's the college coach. So, yeah, I do think there will be some high school coaches who you know, want their kids to play, and I think, frankly, there will be uh, plenty of players that decide to play in the spring knowing they're probably going to redshirt in the fall. But for those guys who really do think, hey, I'm going to get on campus and I'm going to play as a true freshman, I do think there will be hesitancy – uh, to play in that spring semester because, yeah, you, you roll your ankle wrong or, you, you know, you unfortunately hurt your knee, kind of like what we saw with Jaquindon Jackson in the state semifinal game last year, a uh, quarterback from Duncanville that, uh, that signed with Texas. Uh, you know, you can get hurt playing football at, any, at any, any time, and that can cost you a whole year. So will you play your spring semester football uh, and risk missing your true freshman year of college? I think for the high level – recruits probably not and you know that may be a small percentage of them but like you said it's going to be a big enough uh, sample size and a, enough you know of the main players to where that's really going to make uh football look a lot of different and it's just one of many variables that we're all kind of just sitting back and waiting to see uh, you know if it even happens and what happens once it does
0: yeah this is going to be a developing story that we're going to be following for the next few weeks months you know throughout the year it'll be interesting to see if um everyone's able to pull this off but you know as we found out with baseball uh these past couple of days just because he's you know you have a good opening weekend it's gonna be tough to keep everything uh you know it's gonna be tough to be defeat this virus over the course of a, of a football season but it seems like everyone is willing to give it a go, and uh, I don't know if that's a good or bad thing, but we'll, we'll, we'll see and you know keep, keep it tuned to hook'em.com and statesman.com and we'll have updates about all that stuff as it, as it happens. Um, Mike, you obviously still have your dotted line column running every day during the week. What, are you, what have you been writing about this week?
1: Yeah, so, you know, we looked at five players Texas wants to, uh, to add on the Monday dotted line. They added Gunner Helm. Um, later that afternoon. So, you know, now we're, we're looking forward on kind of just how Texas finishes the 2021 class. Who are some of those remaining targets out there? And then trying to, you know, slip in kind of, you know, the, the names to know early on in the 2022 class. So, this is kind of July, you know, under Tom Herman, the last three or four cycles, July has kind of been the time where they've started to get a couple commits for that next cycle. Um, so, you know, I, I, I think it's fair to assume Texas will add. You know, a couple players either at the end of July or through August in that 2022 cycle. Who are those players? And so that's what the dotted line today and tomorrow are about are kind of, you know, the offensive guys to know, the defensive guys to know on that 22 class. Because, frankly, Texas is now 15 members deep on the 2021 class. They're on the backside of this recruiting class. It's now time uh, to kind of switch focus and look at some of those names uh, in that next cycle.
0: Recruiting time stops for nobody. That's, uh, that's, what, we've, uh, that's what we've learned, I, I, I suppose. But I think that's going to do it for us. Uh, thanks for tuning in and listening to us. We do appreciate that. Um, don't forget to shoot us a review at the Apple Store and the Google Podcast app. Um, yeah, hook'em.com for all your Texas need. Longhorn Confidential for all your Texas podcasts. Longhorn Confidential Podcast is brought to you by Zaxby's, taking chicken to a whole new level of flavor. Stop by our neighborhood Zaxby's today or online at zaxby's.com forward slash podcast. We'll see you all down the road. Thanks for listening. Peace.